Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicularist. Today, within the Liberal Cube, is High Internet Day. A day in which we celebrate things, items, stuffs even, from the Fry Internets. Yay, us. At the top of each show, I like to say to you, the listener, that if you like what you hear, uh, meaning, of course, this podcast and not sort of the ambient sounds in the room at any given moment, what you can do as a sort of form of payment, if you will, is give me a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. Why would I even say such a thing? What you can do, though, is perhaps pass the podcast on to a friend. We are available on Podbean, the site that hosts the podcast. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, I have a Android app that may even be done as I am speaking these words, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll, I'll be posting that on the, on the website there. Uh, so there you go. Little, little podcast related news. Actually, just, I guess, since I am on the subject, we're, uh, just about at, uh, 6,000 listens. So that's pretty impressive. I, uh, averaged it out, and, uh, we are over 70, uh, 70 listeners on average per episode. So that's pretty exciting. I like it. I like it, and I want more. It makes me want more. Today's sponsor is Vicky Vale's Vacuum Vixen Vanguard. Once again, today's sponsor is Vicky Vale's Vacuum Vixen Vanguard. We put the suck in... It sucks to clean my house. I wish hot girls would come over and do it for me. Item the first... Actually, before I, I get into item the first, uh, just another sort of interesting podcast little tidbit is that I have just, as of right this second, uh, finished my first notebook. Um, when I started the podcast, if you listen to those, I did not take any notes. I just sort of came back. Now I do little point form notes. Even just like say on a movie Monday, I'll write down the titles of the movies that I watch basically. Nothing, nothing too expansive because well, I'm driving. And driving and reading are not a great combo. Alright. <laughs> there you go. So, some, uh, some lackadaisical liberal cubicleless podcast tidbit highlight news, uh, newsathon of things for yous. Item the first. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, this one is really cool. Uh, I forget how I found this. I think it was on the Cheeseburger Network, maybe? Sort of a, a typical internet stumble upon, huh? Type, type situation where I came across this and knew immediately that I had to watch it. It is a, how would you call it? Uh, okay, you know what, I think they even called it a YouTube short. So sort of a uh, mini, uh, I think it was 10 minutes or so, documentary on YouTube. So, for free, no less. It was called uh, To Be Loved and Understood. 
Uh, it starred Mr. Patton Oswalt. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Patton Oswalt, I originally found him, knew of him from the television show uh, King of Queens, in which he played Spence. Ooh, surprised I remember that. My name cursed didn't kick in there, I guess. Uh, and he was very funny on that. But then over the years, I sort of learned that he was actually sort of more of a stand-up comedian than he was an actor. Uh, not to say that he was a bad actor by any means. He's very good. Um, and I like him in lots of different things. He did a movie called The F Big Fan? The Fan? Something like that. Where uh, you could see that he's got some good acting chops because it wasn't just a uh, funny, funny movie. It was very, very dark. That one. Four to five for that one, just while I'm on the subject. Which I think makes sense after watching this because he has a very, uh, very dark sense of humor which you probably wouldn't know to look at him, because he looks kind of like a happy-go-lucky kind of dude. And the, uh, the to-be-loved-and-understood title makes sense if you, if you follow sort of comedy circles or standing-up comedian circles, as uh, Jimmy Pardo would say. You will probably know and be aware and realize that when it comes to stand-up comedians, a lot, perhaps even you could go as far to say most, um, have some emotional uh, difficulties, let's say. Uh, in the case of Pat, for example, suffers from depression, has had suicidal thoughts, hmm, which uh, is something I can quite easily relate to on, uh, on that scale. Anyways, uh, the, the, the sort of idea was behind this little YouTube short documentary was kind of the day in the life of a comedian, uh, and showed that, although a lot of people, and showed that really kind of almost the sadness of a day in the life of a comedian is that it is 90% of your time is driving around or being in hotel rooms, quietly doing nothing but thinking of things to be comedic about. So... It's, uh, it's always, this sort of life has always fascinated me, and uh, it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's like a disease, because it's, it's these people, these stand-up comedians living a life that, uh, on the one hand, um, seems very, very depressing, just driving around, spending time alone in your hotel room, just living alone in your thoughts quite often, uh, and then on the other hand... Um, there's that time on stage, getting laughs, entertaining an audience, and, um, they, they can't do without it. That's, that's where the disease part comes in. They, it's, it's as simple as, I cannot not do this. This, uh, this documentary showed this quite well. Okay, let's move on to a TED Talk. Oh, yeah, this TED Talk. Uh, again, sometimes it seems to happen a lot lately. Uh, it happened on TV Tuesday, and now it's happening on this Friday Internet Day. I did not plan on bringing back a TED Talk. However, this was... I think I'm going to say this. This was the best one I've ever seen. Yes. Pause for drama. Pause complete. Uh, it was called Build a School in the Cloud. Uh, now, when I heard that title, I thought it was just perhaps like something about 
online schools, which is interesting, but didn't really excite me or anything. However, it was much, much, much more uh, deep than that. Uh, I should have wrote down the name of the guy giving the speech. <laughs> that would have been smart. I very rarely do that. So I'm very rarely smart, apparently. He points out that today's schools and sort of the way they are set up are obsolete. Now, he also says they're not broken, but they are not... Uh, they, they don't exactly fit in today's world, because the way schools were designed... Uh, they were designed in the 1800s when, <laughs> when the jobs, when there were jobs that, that needed, uh, schooling in order to fill. So, for example, uh, having clean, neat handwriting was one of the reasons school existed. Now, we don't need clean, neat handwriting. We do need to know how to type. And even that might go away at one point, if voice recognition ever gets accurate. That was just uh, one sort of example. Um, his experiment and his TED Talk revolved around how he would go to far, far out-of-the-way, rural, middle-of-nowhere type places. What he would do there is set up a computer. A computer with internet access. Or no, you know what, I don't know if it necessarily had internet access so much as just lots of different information on it. Yeah, that, that might have been more accurate, because I can't imagine, like, in the in the Himalayas, they have internet access. Although, I guess satellite internet access? That, that's a possibility. Whatever. So, there'd be a computer that uh, through which you could access a shit ton of information, and... Uh, it was always sort of set up as like uh, at like a school or near near where the kids hang out or stuff like that. It was sort of more aimed at kids, and that was the focus. So, for example, uh, I'll use the one in India. It was uh, he put this computer in a rural Indian, a rural um, village in India. Uh, the kids who have never seen a computer had did not speak any English. Somehow. Over the course of months, uh, as in like two, not a lot of months, would A, figure out how to use the computer, just sort of intuitively, uh, and then B, develop English skills, C, be able to research um, anything. For example, one of, the, one of the computers he put out there um, all it had on it was was stuff was, was information about DNA. So uh, he went there, gave the children of this village a test, uh, like I guess a college type test on DNA. They all failed, of course, makes sense. He came back in two months, and although they all they did not pass, they had improved thirty percent. So these are kids six, seven, eight years old who could get 30% on a college test about DNA. And, and he played some videos of these kids talking about DNA and to hear shit that I have no idea what they were talking about uh, coming out of a little six-year-old girl's mouth who has just been on a computer for a couple of months it's just sort of mind-blowing. 
Uh, and sort of his focus of this video is that it's almost like how he points out basically how uh, kids left alone will, in essence, teach themselves. That was sort of the, the for me, the, the mind-blowing takeaway of this video. The, the takeaway that I hope um, people, teachers, everyone will watch this and be like, okay, well, let's do this to our school system and see what happens, because it is obviously working. Here is the proof. Okay, let's get one more in before I get to work. Please, please, please watch that. TED Talk, uh, Build a School in the Cloud. Uh, best TED Talk I've ever seen. It will, it has the possibility to get you hooked on TED Talks. I'll tell you, I tells you. Okay, uh, last before I get to work, and I will have uh, definitely some more this afternoon. Uh, a little bit. Is Clueless Gamer. Now this, I think, might actually technically be a, uh, would fit in a TV Tuesday episode more accurately, because it is Conan O'Brien playing video games. He does not like video games, or understand them, or is any good at them whatsoever. So combine that with him being one of the funniest people alive. And as you can imagine, there are many hijinks. No low jinks. I don't think there's even any medium jinks. Just hijinks. He sat down and played uh, Tomb Raider. The, uh, is it a remake? I never really got into the Tomb Raiders. I think I played maybe the first one a little bit. You know what? I think the first one I played in my uh, orthodontist's office. He had one of those, like, um, video game tower things. They were big back in the day, I think. Actually, I think I worked for a company that welded them. How about that? Back in my welding days. He was um, <laughs> very, very impressed with the looks of uh, Laura Croft. Laura Croft, a.k.a. the Tomb Raider. Uh, and she, she is looking pretty good back from her old uh, very, very few Polygon days, I will admit. Uh, he also thought it was quite smart for the creators of the game to always have the camera sort of uh, following along behind her to get a good view of her uh, <laughs> caboose. <laughs> yes. There was a section of the game at the beginning where uh, it looks like you're trying to escape from a collapsing cave. Uh, and that looked like it was fun, actually. So, I don't know, maybe... I don't think I'll check it out. Yeah. Those that, uh, Tomb Raider games don't really seem like my bag of tea. It's, um... What's that one with Drake? Um... I forgot. <laughs> That's something I should know. The, uh... His, his playing sort of ended in this section where he was sort of barreling down a... Uh, a river and waterfalls and stuff like that, and he kept uh, repeatedly, like four times in a row within like a minute, getting, uh, his head was impaled on a uh, stick that was jutting out of the river. Uh, yeah, it was funny. And pretty brutal, uh, pretty brutal looking, man. Like the, the, imagine you're barreling down a river, and then a stick is suddenly jutting through the bottom of your mouth out like the top of your head. Jesus. 
okay. So, I'm at work. I will come back and do more of this podcast. Yay. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work completed. I am the working robot. This is how robots talk. Do not question the way I talk. This is how robots talk. Well, that's enough of that by about three seconds too much. Should have stopped three seconds ago. Did not. Kept going. Don't know why I did it. Yeah. Don't don't have a reason for you. I apologize. Um, if you don't forgive me, I will understand. Let's move back in deep into the bowels of Internet Day. Why don't we? I can't think of a reason. Uh, wait, I thought of one. <laughs> I think that's the first. The reason is I just want to say that um, this weekend is Toronto Comic Con. Ooh, nerdy. Uh, my first con experience was uh, last year at Fan Expo. It was uh, really... It was definitely unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And uh, I had, a, had an amazing time, uh, so I wanted to do it again. And I will do it again at Fan Expo in, uh, what is it, August? I've already got my ticket, booked my hotel, yada yada. Everything is in place. However, um, I also heard about this little uh, little nerdy shindig, let's call it, called Toronto Comic Con. Uh, so I thought I would uh, pull the trigger and go to this as, as well. I may not have. However, uh, if you are unaware, the guests are going to be the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation. What? That is crazy. Um, with the exception of, I guess, Will Wheaton won't be there, which uh, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not upset, I'm disappointed that he's not going to be there, just for the fact that uh, it would be nice to get his autograph. One of the things that I have done at these events, um, meaning the one I went to and the one I'm going to this weekend and the one I will go to in August, is to bring along a cane. A cane, you ask? Yes, a cane. A walking cane. Um, a nerd cane. Yes, a nerd cane. Um, what I do is sort of, well, have nerdy people sign it, such as the entire cast of Star Trek The Next Generation, and uh, also get people who are dressed in cosplay to hold it while I take pictures of them. Yes. Why have I decided to do that? I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. And I think the uh, results are very, very nerdy and uh, pretty interesting. I like to think. I think if I stumbled upon, um, if I stumbled upon uh, my little website there, Nerd Cane Adventures, uh, I think I would like what I saw. So I hope others do as well. Right now there's just the one adventure, but... Uh, maybe, if I work hard, I will have the other adventure up 
next weekend. I've taken the Monday off, so that's a little recuperation time and hopefully getting my next adventure up time. Alright, just throwing that out there. It is Fry Internet Day related because um, I put it on the Fry Internets. And it is nerdy, and so are a lot of the Fry Internets. Although, not the porn parts, I guess. Although, maybe there is nerdy porn. Huh. I'm going to have to look into that. Nerd porn. Anyways, uh, <laughs> kind of went on a nerd porn tangent there a little bit. The site is sort of just... Like, there's no real reason for its existence, I guess, other than the fact that I like doing it, and I think it looks cool, and I hope others will look at it. Sort of um, like this podcast. I think I've only brought it up once, but uh, I'll bring it up again. The fact that I sort of fluctuate between um, 51 and 99% um, doing this podcast for the reasons for the reason that I like doing it, with the remaining percent being uh, the hopes that others will listen. So, say I'll be uh, six. Say one day I'll be doing the podcast uh, 60% because I enjoy doing it, with the remaining 40% being uh, in the hopes that others will listen and perhaps pass it on. And my sort of thought there is that if I ever end up, say, 49% doing it because I like it, with the 51% share being uh, hopes others will listen, I don't think I would do it. Uh, I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And if it was sort of 100% doing it because I like doing it, why would I record it? (laughs) Why would I publish it? Why would I not just um, talk to myself in the car? Well, that would be pretty weird. So I guess that kind of answers that question. Anyways, uh, just some little, little thoughts, little tidbits, little things coming up. Just for the reason that I only have three things for the drive home. So... Uh, I thought, why not get those out there into the ether? Uh, if you have thoughts on anything I have said, or will say, for that matter, uh, what I would love is if you emailed me to the email address provided for you in the closing credits, and just maybe threw some uh, thoughts into my noggin. So, thank you for that, if you do it. If you don't do it, thank you anyways. I'm just that kind of guy. Thank you regardless. Thank you for listening. Alright, the next item from the interwebs on this beautiful internet day within the Liberal Cube is a little web series called Theater of Life. Also, more Theater of Life. It's actually, I guess, kind of technically two web series in the sense that they have uh, these two guys... Oh, you know what? I didn't write down their names. What the hell are their names? Um, Beck Bennett. Ooh, good good name, Paul. And Beck and... Ah, uh, the name curse has reared its ugly head once again. Beck Bennett and... Shit. Well, as I do when the name curse rears its ugly head... I don't like giving myself too much time just sitting here thinking, because, well, that does not make good podcasting. Uh, yeah, it's Beck, and yeah, I'm not going to get it. And I feel bad for that, 
just please take into consideration the fact that when I can't remember a name, like I just did there, I do feel bad. So, please be nice. Uh, so these two guys each have a YouTube channel, Theater of Life, and more Theater of Life, so they will basically go out, film for a day, and then break their video up into two different uh, videos. Smart of them. I think it's smart of them. Uh, I don't know, I could see pros and cons either way. Uh, the pros that you get two videos, twice as much, but the con being maybe uh, they could edit it to one video and have all the super, super great gold content all done at once. Hmm. I don't know. I like two. I like two. Stick with two. Uh, basically, it's these two dudes who... Uh, their show sometimes varies. There, there's some variety, but we'll go just uh, random guess that 90% of the time their videos will be filmed at uh, Venice Beach. Venice Beach, California. California, where apparently um, lots of insane people congregate. I'm not sure if it's just a California thing or uh, me who live in sort of a ruralish, not rural. I'm driving through rural right now. Okay, I I don't exactly live rurally, but I drive through rural stuff on my way to work. Uh, so being from that sort of environment, seeing Americans, um, Americans can be perceived, I believe, as quite often insane. And uh, I think they show this quite well in these videos. It's basically, you know what, I, I think I just thought of a good way to describe uh, their their show is, uh, is people watching on steroids. Yeah, what do you think of that? Uh, so, so they'll go people watching, sit down with a camera, film it, and then do sort of what they imagine humorously the inner monologues of these people will be walking around Venice Beach, California. And it is hilarious. I highly, highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> this one, I, I wrote a few notes this time. Um, it started off with, not Beck, <laughs> but the other guy. Fuck, and I feel bad. Um, pretending he knew a dog. So he just went up to this dog that was obviously not his, belonged to people who were with the dog, like, Hey, hey, buddy, it's good to see you. It's been a long time. How, how you been? Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we should uh, stop and catch up, maybe get a coffee. What do you say? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I, I just thought of? They didn't really get the reaction of the people, which I wish they had of. They like these two. They like their beach babes, and I do not blame them. They probably, for a lot of you who would watch these videos, which I hope you do, would consider some of the things they say to be quite perverted. Uh, they quite often uh, fly into the into the high pervert, uh, very very high on the pervert scale, and sometimes even I cringe a little bit. Although uh, I always do laugh, despite the cringe. Uh, they made fun of a guy who had a extremely long skateboard. It was like as if you took three skateboards and um, attached them together. I'm surprised it didn't break in the middle. It must have been some strong shit it was made of. <laughs> there was one whole section where it was called, I would call it the bad uh, haircut Asian section, where it was two Asian guys. Uh, that's the other thing that they 
um, perhaps stray into a little bit is racism. As far as, uh, I, yeah, yeah, it's pretty racist, I guess you would say. But I don't think they're doing it in a mean-spirited way, although they do make fun of a lot of people. They will throw out the sort of stereotypical Asian accent, and I guess if you find that racist, which I guess it is, uh, you will find this racist. Didn't we talk about, um, yeah, we did this morning, Patton Oswalt. Let's, let's take him. Stand-up comedian. Standing-up comedian, as Jimmy Pardo would say. He and many, many, many others agree that uh, sort of stand-up comedy, once you're, once you're on stage or trying to be comedic, that is, that, it's sort of, you're in a space in which you should be able to uh, say things that, you should be able to say anything in the effort to make people laugh. Now, that being said, you may not people not make people laugh. People might be angered at what you say. So I'm not saying there should not be repercussions for what you say in that sense. But I am saying that because, I guess, you do not like one aspect of a person's joke or act and it is offensive to you does not mean you should hate that person and believe they are a horrible person. And I don't really know what I'm saying, to be honest with you. However, it's that sort of, uh, that free speech that comes with comedy, free speech in general, that is important. Yeah, okay, I'll leave it at that. That's, that's good. Let's move on to the Adam Carolla podcast. I only have two podcasts this week. So, apologies. I got into some other cool stuff, I think. So, so that's, that's fine. It doesn't front. Internet days don't have to be all podcasts all the time. Um, yeah. It's shit on the internets. Period. Uh, anyways, on Adam Corolla's podcast, he had Mr. Elliot Gould. Um, he was, uh, the sort of week leading up to this was talking about it a bit, seemed to be very excited. And I was excited, because I'm an Elliot Gould fan. Uh, he did a movie... What was it called? He was like a private eye. It was back in the 70s, I guess. I forget what it was called. It was very good. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever not liked him in anything I've seen. But he was the most uh, monosyllabic, uh, angry, well, maybe not angry, but just did not seem to want to be having, uh, want to be sitting down and having an interview with Adam Crow. It was the most awkward, horrible thing I have ever heard, and he should be ashamed of himself. Now, that being said, there was many points where it was very, very funny, just for the reason that uh, Adam Carolla is not going to let you bring down his show. <laughs> he will... I, I don't want to say he was making fun of him, but he was. Yeah, I will say. And now, you know what? Now I do want to say it. He was making fun of him. Just the fact that you could not get a word out of this guy and reach the point where uh, it was just like he was angry and Adam was sort of poking fun at the fact that he wasn't saying anything. The audience would laugh at this. And uh, what I'm most curious about, which uh, I wish Adam got into, was what happened after the show. Like, did Ellie Gould just get up, um, walk away, and not say a word? Because that's 
kind of what I assumed happened from the tone of the interview. So that saddened me that he did that. Uh, that being said, I highly recommend you uh, listen to this podcast just for the reason you can see Adam Carolla at work, even with the sort of insurmountable odd of Elliot Gould. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, I often wonder, and wonder if I'll ever have the opportunity, uh, how I would do in, a, in an interview situation, me interviewing someone, is what I mean by that, just because that is quite often what a podcast is, so uh, you never know, maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to sit down and interview somebody doesn't even have to be somebody famous. Maybe it'll just be I'll sit down with a friend and interview them and get to get to know them, pull apart their life a little bit, have a boo inside. I don't know. Again, throwing shit out there. Uh, last but certainly not least is the podcast Vic's Basement. Uh, Vic's Basement with Victor Lucas and oh no, I'm not going to do it again, am I? Victor Lucas. Ah, no, I'm not going to do it again. Scott C. Jones. Ha ha. Remembered. A name. Pat on the back. Pat on back. Pat on back. Robot engaged. There he is again. Uh, it is, yeah, a video game related podcast. You may know Victor Lucas and Scott C. Jones from uh, TV. They have a show called Reviews on the Run. Victor Lucas, uh, also creator of Electric Playground has a sort of nerdy, mostly video game-related uh, empire here up in Canada. Kind of like to think of him as the Canadian Chris Hardwick a little bit. Eh, you can see some connections there, yeah, definitely. Uh, very funny, very uh, nice guy. Actually had the opportunity to meet him at Fan Expo. What? We were just talking about that. Things, sometimes, uh, it's like I plan them, although I don't. Also got to meet Scott C. Jones, got their autograph on Nerdcane, got a little picture of them, which you can see in Nerdcane Adventures. Anyways, their podcast, this particular one, as you can imagine, with what's going on in the video game industry right now, or last week, I guess, is the uh, announcement of the PlayStation 4. Nick? Exciting. I'm excited. I didn't sound excited when I just said ick. Exciting. However, I am. The uh, like I, I uh, watched and read and listened and what have you to all the announcements that the uh, I guess it was it last week. I think it was last week about the PlayStation Four. And I guess my only complaint, which uh, Victor Lucas and to a much heavier degree Scott C. Jones agreed with, was they gave out information and said it is a thing. However, they were very skimpy with their information giving, and uh, we don't know too, too much about it. Uh, the controller looks cool. I'm a huge fan of the PlayStation controller over the Xbox One. I don't get the Xbox One. Like, our bodies are, for the most part, symmetrical. So why does having a controller that is not symmetrical make sense in any way whatsoever? Duh, even. Yeah, okay, let's leave it at that, with that uh, statement right there. That'll upset some people. Ooh. That was a fra internet day, and I talked about things from the internet, as I do. I hope you enjoyed it, and it is nice 
to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper